Welcome, everybody, to the Of Saints and Sinners podcast. I am your host with the most, Deacon Dev, and I am joined by none other than Mr. Lord and Tailored himself. EJ is in the building. Or what's, on going the on, what's going on? What's going on? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> on the mic, on the ones and twos. <laughs> you know how we do. Yes. <laughs> um, what's going on, sir? I will update. It's been good. Uh, I will update everybody on a big life change, moderate life change, a lot of moderate life change on my confession. So I'll wait for that. But other than that, everything's great. Um, Enjoying my summer. Um, Even with all this rain? Yo, I'm like trying to think why is this happening? Like today it was literally, (laughs) it was literally raining and the forecast didn't even say it. I went out. It wasn't like raining hard. It was just like a drizzle but it was consistent i'm like yeah wow it didn't even I'm, i looked on the app and everything it was like nothing it was like supposed to be cloudy i'm like wow yeah that it's was just, weird. It, it was like happening clear, it was like clear skies and it was like drizzling right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i my my girlfriend sat out on our on our terrace and she was just like i can feel rain i was looking out yeah. it was like what rain <laughs> right right it was crazy so um yeah this weather's been horrendous it's like yeah, you got the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's wild, and and you know it's not just here in New York. I mean, the rain is here in New York, right? But like out west, you heard about how it got so hot that like the mussels and clams were dying in the uh, Pacific oh, Northwest really? in the waters because it got so hot. Wow, wow. It, it normally doesn't get really hot up there, right? Because you're um, you gotta think this is like. Washington, Oregon, um, part of Vancouver up in Canada, right? Like those aren't places where it gets, it probably doesn't really get above a certain point in the nineties. If that, right. Like I was listening, I was listening to the daily and they were saying, they had a guy on there. He was saying like in certain parts of this state, people don't even have air conditioners because it doesn't, it just doesn't get that hot. Mm-hmm. And so they had this massive heat wave and I think it topped out at 120 degrees in certain areas. Wow. And it's just like nowhere in the U S has ever experienced that type of heat. That's like North of, of the Mason Dixon line. (laughs) Right, right, right. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like, and um, that's just all of it. I mean, this is global warming. And we've got we've got billionaires making their their way to space. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting. I was seeing like some posts was like, you guys really have enough money to um, feed the entire population. Yeah. I mean, like, like decently, you know, not like the fat of the calf, but people don't have to be starving. Yeah. And no. it's just like it, it just shows the, what the priorities are. Yeah. People don't need to be starving like. I, I've said this to you multiple times, particularly after moving over here, you know, I see so many homeless people in New York City right now, like every day. And it's and it was something that I started to see subtly, I would say starting back in like 2017, late 2017, mm-hmm. 2018. I've never seen so many people on the train begging yeah. for help yeah you know whether i mean 
obviously each situation is different some of them are just homeless and don't have jobs you know or and some of them are are probably probably have like some sort of mental illness that keeps them from actually holding down a steady job you know and and living a stabilized life and then you got i mean i don't know if you consider being a drug addict or having an addiction as part of mental illness I, i think i think it is part of that but you know some people they just got caught out there you know messing around with drugs and that just their lives spiraled out of control yeah and like now that we've been in this pandemic for a year and a half bro i see it everywhere in in marcus garvey park there's literally a tent city starting to develop yeah um which side the um you know the right side closer to to uh lennox ave yeah i was gonna say we know a family that lives in front of and you know a family i'm talking about from the church yeah Mm -hmm. yeah in front of that building yes yeah exactly I, i i went for a run out there one morning and i couldn't believe it yeah because like tent cities like i know they exist and i've seen them with my own eyes but most of the time whenever i've seen them They've been in places like California. I've seen them in, in LA. I've seen them in San Francisco. I know they they have a bunch, or I, I don't want to say a bunch, but I know they've been, they they happen in like Seattle. You know, mostly I've seen it, I guess, mostly on the West Coast. I know there's a few places down South, particularly like I've seen them documented in Florida, but I had mm. never seen an actual like tent city in New York because yeah. typically they kind of make their way yeah, they're in the subways they make their ways to uh the shelters you know things like that plus obviously in the winter time it gets cold it's like who they how can they stay out here but during the summer exactly i never i never saw any growing up and the, you know growing up in the 90s new york was horrible so you know this is this is this is i don't want to say unprecedented but this is like not normal uh i'll put it like that yeah but um let me ask you a question do you ever walk Mm -hmm. down uh fifth avenue when you're leaving your apartment yeah do you ever buy stuff from the watermelon man that sits on the corner of 132nd like when i don't really like the church Oh, great essential, right? I don't, yeah. I don't like watermelon, so no. Oh, <laughs> I to ask yeah, no. you, is, it, is it any good? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't like watermelon. <laughs> like any, like anything, I can't How do it. Do you not like watermelon? Nah, no. Wow, is it the texture Maybe I'll try or the it taste? It just like seems so anticlimactic for me. Wow, it's just like for me, it's like biting water or something. I anyway, mean, but yeah, that's, well, right. yes, of course, that's the name. But yeah, no. Maybe I'll, I'll try it again. But like, it's like I would have the candy as well as like none of nothing watermelon, and even like a cocktail, I can't do it. Really, I won't die. But it's like I'm I'm not inclined to do it. Okay, I've actually yeah. last year I, I I expanded my fruit palette and had uh had dragon fruit for the first time. Oh, how was that? 
um and, and by the first time i mean like having dragon fruit out of the actual fruit i've had it in like drinks and stuff like that oh yeah yeah um it was actually really good so the ones i like the yellow ones uh they're actually not called i don't think they're called dragon fruit they start with a p or they're like pataya or something like that i don't know anyways those ones if you get them just right they're they're I think you will probably think they're, they're anticlimactic too. If you don't okay. like watermelon, you're probably going to be like, what the, what is this? Because it's yeah, essentially yeah. like a, a similar situation where it's just kind of like, it doesn't taste like, it doesn't taste like much. It's just like a sweet fruit. Like it's like okay. you, you do it for the, like the water to kind of like, you know, get that sweetness through that. Yeah. You know what else is funny? I don't really like sweet anything. So maybe that's why I'm not, not to be like an ignorant fool, but I'm not really like a fruit person. Or if I am, it's more like berries, more like the mm, tart. Okay. So like anything, like any sort of melon, I'm not like running to it because I don't really like sweet, too sweet uh, anything. So Okay, yeah. okay. Got it. So you don't eat like mango or... No, no. I mean, I, I'll put it in what? a smoothie. Yeah, not like bicep, but I'll, I'll put it in a smoothie or something. But what yeah. about um okay so no mango no watermelon ladies what about grapes <laughs> I, l- I love green grapes okay so ladies, but red ones are the sweet ones right when, if you want to feed ej some grapes you know get the set the mood or anything that, that's the fruit to go that's your go-to fruit <laughs> <laughs> green grapes seedless seedless green grapes all right yeah <laughs> I, I can just i can just straight up eat those out of bowl i like them cold run water on them beautiful nice nice um all right let's get into it man yes this is the part of our service where we let you into our lives and give you a little behind the scenes what's going on with us uh ej i will let you take it away okay so everybody knows it's our testimony confession uh segment i'm actually going to do both today oh nice um what am i going to start with first i'll start with a testimony yo thursday i okay do i want to tell you this this is the thing i you ever just no i won't tell you this first part but i will say i had a long day it was really hot i had a cousin um come visit so she had to get on a train back to Baltimore at 625. I took her to Rosa Mexicano. Mm-hmm. It was getting, it, you know how New Yorkers, they can pace, they can, they know what, how long it takes to get somewhere. So it's like, okay, we'll just leave at 550, whatever. So I was like, I caught a cab. The cab was going nice. Went down Ninth Avenue, got stuck in literally like, I think a light went from green, a whole cycle of green to red. We didn't even move. Oh, wow. It is like 555. Like it was really bad. So we want 49th and 9th we had to get the 33rd and 8th i had the poor girl we pumped it from 49th and 9th to 33rd and 8th and i said i promise i'm gonna get you there i was holding her pocket it was it was awful i felt so bad for her wait it was the train was leaving the train was leaving at 625 and she had to be on it because some of her job paid for it so it wasn't like oh what's the next one because I was like, oh, I, I, I was like, nah, we'll just get the next one. She's like, no, no, like somebody got paid for, blah, blah, blah. And plus she's a new mom. So like, it, it just, she had to be on that train. Right, so, right, right. You oh, said this God. is the cousin of yours, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. So like, we literally, oh, by the time we got actually 
five minutes away she, she looked i was like oh my god please don't pass out like i was so nervous oh my but god. um I, I i promised i would get her there and we she got there we were laughing about it it was funny but i said you know i said next time blah, blah, blah. but that's not the testimony so i got home i am like you know when you're just like disgusting like you had sweaty and stuff S- sweaty like Hot, you don't have that yeah. fresh it's just <laughs> awful i and i i took one of the best showers I have ever <laughs> taken in life. Like I almost just like after like I did the washing, the rinsing, I just like stayed there. I was almost <laughs> like playing music. And I actually, because it was so hot, I washed with cold not all the way cold, but like cool. I don't know if you've ever done that. That feels amazing when you've been like really sticky and sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a cool shower. So <laughs> especially when it's I, humid outside. Oh yeah. It just it feels great. One of the best feelings ever. And I literally said to myself, this is the testimony part. I was like, wow, we really have access to to water anytime we want. Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted to, wa- if I was like, not a freak, but you know, some people wash like a few times a day. I could do it. Right. And yeah. I just like, and I always say like throughout time, people are the same as all throughout time. Can you imagine there was a time when people wash once a week? Wow. That's gross. like. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful like and we can't like a day for us is like yo chill i gotta get in a shower people were like yep. and, and like think how like it's home to about the homeless like they go like weeks and months without washing like what does that feel like so I, that's the testimony like we have access to anytime we want to like fully clean ourselves we can mm-hmm. and i'm just great i'm just grateful because when i walked out i just felt so refreshed so yeah, that's i mean that's something that some people in this world literally do not they take it for for granted they take it as like they are deserving of it yeah right? like there are places on this earth where you know people are walking down to rivers and to streams and and it's not even necessarily that that water that they're using is even really that clean and that's how they're cleaning themselves you know mm-hmm. um so the fact that we are able to just be like all right i'm just gonna hop in the shower real quick and yep not even really think twice about it or yeah. or be it like you said be able to shower multiple times in a day because i yeah. definitely like when we, when me you and our friends we went to um to brunch that day and i had to go back out to brooklyn i mm-hmm. went home i'd already showered like first thing that morning to come meet you right. guys right but i it gotten so hot and humid that day by the time i got home i was already soaking through like my clothes so i was just like yeah. i got to take another shower <laughs> yeah so i yeah. took a sh- i took another shower real quick and then you know made my way out to brooklyn you know who's who's taking showers two times within a matter of like 12 hours you yeah know? yeah that's, that's really some some western some western yeah. country western yeah, developed like, country stuff like right first world problems right right yeah it makes me think of like um you know when you see these like old um let's say uh not django but it's like, like some sort of slavery movie and people like making out and sleeping together it's mm-hmm. like you know like that's just tv like you know how disgusting that probably really was like these people are not washing for days like they don't have they don't even have the access to water yeah especially the, the way we can just shower oh god we just have all the soap in the world whatever we have oils whatever we we just we're the cleanest generation ever yeah 
So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really a privilege. And that's just my little testimony. It's just, I know it's modest. It's weird. But I just that day I was like, I'm going to talk about this next episode. But it's funny that you say that we're the cleanest generation ever. I mean, that's probably true. But, you know, it's funny. Remember, they were talking about how um, how a certain group of people don't wash their oh. legs. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Oh, you didn't hear about that? Really? No, no. Yeah, they were saying like, they were like, oh, I just thought that, you know, the soap would just run down my leg and it would be clean. Oh, yeah, no. Nah. I got to get all of that. Or some, you know, some people literally have shower days. Like they purposely shower like maybe twice or three times in a week. Wow. Wow. I'm like, wow. how are you living? How, first of all, how do you live in New York and only shower three yeah, times no. a week? Nah. Like, and I, I don't want to be too vulgar, but like even if you don't sweat or like, let's just say you in the house, you just, the, the, your body exfoliate, you just exfoliate. Yeah, you, like that has to wash. You lose and then hair, like, skin cells, yeah. like. Yeah. Oil on your face. Like oil on that's, your face. Yeah, that has to be, that has to be washed. Yeah. It's gross. It's gross. Yeah. So, well, sorry, continue with, I know you said that was oh. your confession. That was your, um, your testimony. testimony, right? Oh yes. My confession is. I quit my job. Wow. Yep. It, it, wait, talk real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just to the point, like, it was just getting kind of rude and disrespectful. Not, not like anything, not that something someone was doing, mm-hmm. but it was just like, it was just like kind of bad management, not from my director per se, because we were cool, but, it just was getting more stressful than anything. And I personally don't mind stress and work because that's just, that's life. But I felt like I wasn't getting anything out of it in yeah. terms, like, like I told him like, yo, and we've talked about this before. I don't mind stress, but there has to be like a, something to give. Mm-hmm. And like I said to him, like, unfortunately my pay was not amazing. My schedule was very difficult for me. And, um, there was one more, there was a third thing, but anyway, like, it's like, I'm, I have no, okay, this is stressful, but I got this. It was right, none of that. Right. Oh yeah. It was like my, like, I have no holidays, you know, I, I want a normal life. So I was going to try to wait around to, um, get something new in terms of a day job. Cause you know, I have my side stuff, mm-hmm. but I, I was going to wait around, but then dude, it's just, it was just like, no, it was too much. It was just too much. And then like, actually during covid i was kind of walking into what i really want to do like a lot of admin work but then unfortunately when my job opened up it was because of the limited staff it was more like front desk work Mm -hmm. and i really got i really i had really adjusted to what i was doing during covid that it was like oh no i really don't want to do this like i don't like you know i'm a decent guy i just don't but working with people customer service is a hard thing to do and you almost have to have like uh not as tough skin, but you got to either one really like people really want to deal with people's shit or actually care about people's shit. Mm-hmm. And you know I me, mean? like if you're like dying, I will give you water. Other than that, I just don't want to take people's problems onto me all day long, every single shift. And that's just what it was becoming. Right. And right. Um, I just 
made my move. Luckily, everything, nothing bad happened. And my boss was very cool about it. He said, if you ever need anything in the future, reach out. I said, thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to walk away with a nice, because um, I'm they're going to cash out my unused vacation hours, which I have like 130 of them. Oh, wow. That's yeah, great. So, so that it's going to be a nice little check, you know, something mm-hmm. to... A nice little, um, a a nice, yeah, a nice little bounce, and I, you know, I still got my music. I just did a gig yesterday. I got Mm -hmm. one in Albany Friday, so stuff is there. And um, so what I'm gonna, I'm a weirdo. I'm gonna take. That's like four months of pay, right? Oh, you said 130 hours, not days. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. okay, Oh, that would be crazy. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. I I would be chilling, but no. So I, I I calculated it. It's nice. I mean, I, I still have a check coming Friday. From them then i got one mm. more two weeks and then two weeks after that it's gonna be the um the the vacation one and then i got others i got other stuff so and and i've been actually staying home like i haven't been like out oh that's a, i guess another testimony sorry it's taking so long everybody i haven't been like spending too much money like i was i know i've talked about it many times i've actually been staying home much more um going to more bottomless brunches um yeah you said so, going uh, to more bottomless brunches, like as opposed to like just uh, going, going out to, to, like, to bars and stuff to just yeah, drink. or like go or, or like going to brunch and like like places that don't have bottomless. You just like right. ordering drinks as opposed to like paying twenty dollars. So being economical get... with your brunch, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know that's all good, and we're, I'm going to take a month off and you know just really relax because I I have not rested, dude. Like ever since March 2020, there's been nothing. Wow. No vacation, no nothing. I've worked straight through both jobs and I just want to take a little chill pill. So I'm going to do that. And then maybe around Labor Day, I'll start like I'll be on the hunt again. All right. So that's where I'm at right now. That's what's up. Congratulations. Yeah. I know you have been I know you have been looking to get out of that job for a while. You know, it's agonizing. Yo, sometimes, sometimes you you want to wait. You'll you'll like force yourself through it till you find something else, and then other times you just gotta be like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I can no longer give you any more blood, sweat, or tears. Yeah, no. And I was like, yo, I I I personally cannot. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everybody on my team understands. You know, I'm sure they don't listen to this, but um, everybody's kind of worn on my team so it's like everybody gets it nobody's sitting there like why are you doing this right 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 dealing with people especially a certain okay i don't want to say class of people just dealing with people is tough dealing with people is a tough thing to be in and if you know i don't yeah that's all i'm gonna say so that's where i'm at and we'll take it from there all right congratulations that was very long sorry no on to to new and better things yeah hopefully Um, so I haven't really decided how to categorize this one. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. You know what, I'll, I'll say this is a testimony. I am just thankful for having a loving family. Um, mm. You know, I, so my younger cousin passed away uh i would say say now it's been about three weeks ago four weeks ago mm-hmm. um he was he had been he had, he was diagnosed with lupus a while back 
uh, like when he was, he had to be like 14, 15 years old when he got diagnosed. And it was like a chronic illness. And his was so, um, I don't know how, how they how they say it. His was his, I guess, symptoms were so intense. Like a lot sometimes, like you hear about people who have lupus and like, you know, they're kind of able to go about their day, you know, as normal. It's like, you know, they watch out for a few things here and there, but for the most part, like they're good. You know, the, the medications that they're on, it, you know, they're fine. Cause I think like I think Tony Braxton has lupus or like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's some people they have lupus and you be like, Oh, they look fine. This one was like just a very intense version of it. Um, it really impacted his body and like the way that he was able to kind of um, live his life. Like he definitely did everything that he wanted to do or at least he was pursuing the things that he wanted to do, mm-hmm. but it was always like very touch and goes like, you know, he could never, he, he very much had to like be conscious of how he used his energy because if he used a lot of energy one day, the next day, you know, his lupus would be really intense and like always having to take medication, always having, you know, he started having seizures again and, Anyways, to make a long story short, unfortunately, he he succumbed to his illness um, oh. and passed away. Um, but you know, like it, it's always amazing to see how my family is always there for one another. Mm. And, and this is your mom's side. Yeah, this is on my mom's side. So this is actually mm-hmm. my, my godmother's son. Got you. Got you. Yeah. And so my my godmother and my mom are first cousins. And then okay. her child and, and me are our second cousins. Um, you know, there's never really been any like there's as far as I know, there have never really been any major beefs in my family. You know, mm. there are some people who have brothers, some people who have sisters, and like I've never, I've never seen anyone. I mean, obviously, there's a few people in your family that like you're like, wow, you're nuts, but like I've never really been, uh, at least not aware of any animosity between any of the siblings or any of the cousins, and it's just. You know, I'm glad that we were all able to, you know, pull together for my godmother in her time of need. You know, I had to speak at the funeral. I tried not to cry. It was, yo, I don't think I actually cried until Mm -hmm. we got to the funeral and we were processing in. Mm -hmm. And when I went and sat down, that's when like, all of a sudden like tears just start rolling down my face and I wow. was just like and it wasn't like loud crying or anything like that it was just like uncontrollable tears just rolling down right and so you know I get myself together because I gotta go up and speak and the speech is going uh, I mean I'm I'm speaking fluidly I'm reading off the paper 
you know, I even interjected some things that I didn't have on the paper that went all smoothly. But it got, at the end of, of the speech, I wrote down something to the effect of, you know, um, it's hard to believe that you're not here. Yes. And that's when, like, I couldn't, like, mind you, I had, like, three, like, maybe three sentences left. And I'm just, like, getting choked up because I'm like, wow. yo, my cousin who is four years younger than me is literally like physically not here any longer. Mm. And, you know, mm. this is someone that I had gone to, I went and visited him and his family when they were living in Paris is when he was really young. I was, I just graduated like elementary school or something. And I went there to visit them during a summer you know, um, you know, we did, we toured Paris together and like, I remember going to like meet him for the first time when I was a child and he was a newborn and like holding mm. him and all this stuff. So like, you know, like I've been around to see him grow up and you never really, I never really stopped thinking of him as like, even though he was 28 years old, which still mm. young, you know, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, yo, he was a kid, <laughs> you know? Um, so he was always just like, in my mind, always a kid, but yeah. So that's my, that's my, uh, that's my testimony for this week is that I'm just really glad to have a family to be able to rely on. And also let me not, let me not uh, be neglectful to not say this, but you know, my girlfriend throughout this whole thing has been really instrumental in just like being there. She came to the funeral. She came to the wake. Um, mm -hmm. You know, she had she had her tissues ready for me because I kept saying like, "No, nah, I'm probably not gonna cry. Probably not." Gonna <laughs> cry. <laughs> uh, as soon as I sat down, she just pulled them out, just like, "Here you go." Here you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing was, I was like, I was up at the, I was at the up at the podium, and you know, this is happening in a church. And so, like, you know, I'm trying to get through this thing. At one point, I literally like the tears were so much while I was reading that I couldn't see the paper anymore, even though wow. I was like wiping, right? I'm just like, oh my god, like pull it together. And, and like for some reason i thought i heard someone's footsteps coming up <laughs> and oh, i thought it, i thought it was her i was just like oh no please don't embarrass me this much <laughs> like no i was like but don't do me like this i gotta get through this speech <laughs> you know some people like they get through i've seen i feel like this happened at i feel like this happened at deontay's funeral someone got up to speak and they got maybe halfway through it and they started to just ball at the oh. podium and they couldn't get through their speech and they had to like be walked off. And maybe really? it didn't, I don't, maybe it didn't happen at Mr. Deontay's funeral. It was someone's funeral at the church that I remember going to. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is, I was like, this is too much yeah i feel you though grief is grief is rough but anyways that's my testimony. no it is yeah it is um 
when you were talking about like somebody not being here anymore, I was having that thought. I actually went to Kelly Temple yesterday for the first time since mm. March of 2020. No, oh. April, because I, I went to Bishop's uh, wake thing. Okay. Um, but I had not been since then over a year. And it was mm. just like I was walking in certain offices of people who are no longer here. Yeah. And um, it, it it's like one of the things that is so logical, but it's so hard for us to comprehend like yes the person is they have passed away they are no longer here we know this this is that's a fact Mm -hmm. but it's just like you can't even imagine that they're not here where are they and they will no longer it's not like oh they i always use this for myself like they have not moved away you know it's not like okay the possibility is something they are gone from earth right right into the abyss of eternity Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like so, you know, I mean, it's easy to grasp, but then it's not at moments. So, you know, I definitely relate to that when you were saying that. Yeah. So family and family or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I um, so I for the wake, we had to drop off um, my mom's friend who lives in Yonkers. Right. And that's where like my my father grew up and lived and ultimately he wound up passing away in Yonkers but the way the the route that we had to take or the route that we took from Jersey to this uh, woman's home it takes us right past the hospital that he was admitted to and I was just like I was just like dang like (laughs) this is weird (laughs) in my head I'm like I never wanted to see this place again you know what I mean yeah 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 uh, so it was just strange to to to, to like it, it is always strange to like think of these people and be like wow they're no longer here i think it's weirder though when it's someone who's who wasn't of an age where you expect people to start passing away right yes. like i mean people people can pass away at any age obviously but like you never think of like, if someone passes away at you know the age of 28, you don't think it's because their body is really letting them down. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You think it's like something, something, tragic something. something tragic happens. Like, you know, I mean, it's all tragic, I guess. But you think yeah. like they got hit by a car. Or they may have, it may have been a violent situation. You know, something just unexpected but you never really think of like, wow, this is a 28 year old and their body just, you know, didn't allow them to, to live. A f- I don't want to say a full life because he was living a full life, but he mm-hmm. didn't get to experience certain things um, that I know I had experienced by the time I was 28. Yeah. You know, and just growing into adulthood. So um, I was going to say, um, you saying about the age 28, that's the age, I know you were bringing up Deontay before, that's the age that he died. Mm-hmm. And um, when, I think when he died, I was 21. So, I mean, he was a little older. I mean, it was still like a shocking death because he was in his 20s. Yeah. But I remember, I think we talked about it before, like when I turned 28, I was like, oh, like, I could not imagine dying. I was this like, age. this is it? <laughs> this, this is what is... dying at 28 feels like? Like, oh my God. wow, that yeah. would be like so yeah that is so young because at 28 super I, young 
like yo i was like i can't imagine dying i mean obviously for your cousin and him it's not something they like wanted or anything yeah no 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 but, yeah. yeah yeah um but you know they both succumb to a certain illness or whatever and it's just mm-hmm. wow it's just amazing it's just wow that's really young to um um pass away so yeah yeah so uh Ooh, just, took a, yeah. just took a turn i know i know we sorry grief grief is something you work through over time yeah. um yeah you know and so well that will wrap up our testimony <laughs> and or confession segment um yeah well let, let me lighten the mood up um yes i saw uh, I don't know if you saw it yet the Soul Summer thing. I I just watched it last night. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so what did you think? You know, I love all that stuff. So oh, yeah, I was yeah, just taken aback. I was just taken aback. I could not believe that I had one never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And 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 they were saying um, it was like the equivalent of Woodstock, but yeah. like black. Yep. So I I thought and to think like we lived down the well, sort of down the block from this where this happened just 10 blocks away we are literally 10 blocks away from where this event happened yeah so i was walking through the other day and i was trying to like picture like i was trying to see it in my mind but you know you can't really Mm -hmm. envision that stuff but it was just amazing i was just like what an amazing display of blackness i might want to say black music or anything just blackness what a display yeah and um it made me yeah it i mean i always i always recognize how diverse the 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 black diaspora is right because mm-hmm. like but it always hits home for some reason in the music for me mm-hmm. right because we have you had like your your black pop stars right like they had david ruffins they had mm-hmm. um who was gladys knight in the piv stevie wonder you had those acts come up then you also had like the gospel acts, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, um, was his name? Uh, the Hawkins brothers mm-hmm, and their mm-hmm. choir was was in there. Um, I, I forget what the name of the of the other group that was there with the um. There was a man and his daughters. Mm, I don't there know. Was a, there was an old man. He was he was basically playing blues music, and his oh, daughters. Oh, um, BB King. No, 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 no. BB King was oh, it there. Was gospel? But it was gospel. It was gospel. Oh, oh and um, okay. I anyways, I know Mahalia Jackson was there. There was a there were a, there were a bunch of different gospel acts there, right? And like that's and it really was cool hearing. Um, I don't know if they were. I mean, some of them were writers, but then others were like professors or whatever. But it was really cool hearing them talk about how how they were connecting spirituality african spirituality with mm-hmm. the way the gospel music works oh yes where yes, they were yes. talking about like that release yes yes and yes. i was just like yes. yo that is so crazy like how yeah. how that tradition survived yeah. and has yeah, survived yeah. yeah from well from the see, continent like, like, slavery and up until right. now right I was going to say, you know, like when you see like in church, people like shouting, but like black people have such an elaborate way of shouting mm-hmm. and, um, and and to anybody listening, shouting, not like yelling, shouting is like a form of dancing. It's like the very elaborate grace. steps. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. In the dance. Um, mm-hmm. But like you see like kind of like 
you see like a circle or like you'll see people dancing together and somebody was showing a clip of somebody doing of people doing that in Africa now it's like the same thing obviously mm-hmm. a different um a whole different religion first of all and yeah. just a whole different display but it's like the same culture mm-hmm. so it's just so amazing to see I always love to see um when you talk about black music a lot of this stuff was created out of pain mm-hmm and it's yeah. just so it's just so amazing to me, like literal genres of music. And I want to I want to connect this point in two minutes. Like a lot of this stuff was just created out of people's pain and literal suffering and agony. Yeah. And now over the over the decades, like literally, I was at brunch yesterday and a friend of mine who's a professor at Yale said they are, you know, G.E. Patterson. They mm-hmm. literally have a course at Yale studying the preaching cadences of G.E. Patterson. Wow. Like literally how he, you know, I guess, you know how people preach his tune up in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and that is a art form. Yeah. You know, we, we, we so used to it, but people will literally sit there and be like, how? you know how they study black people. Mm-hmm. And they now have a course studying such. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that tuning stuff that was from slavery and they, like the, preaching on the whatever they were doing and this is like wow this is people this stuff that we glorify over the the decades and i guess centuries a lot of stuff was created pain blues gospel uh jazz early forms of rock and roll definitely blues like i said that's all black pain and suffering yeah so it's just amazing to see you know and how it evolved over the over the decades yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a combination of so there's pain and suffering, right? Which is, you know, you get a lot of, you, you hear a lot of that in like gospel music, blues, obviously, right? But then there's, I mean, there's also joy in these songs, yeah, yeah. right? And there's also, um, well, I would say a longing like, for there's, joy. There's, I would say, there, I mean, there's actual joy too, right? Right? Like, I, I mean, I think like yeah. Nina Simone's um, "To Be Young, Gifted, and Black." Like that's a that's a joyous song. Oh, you mean like later? I, I'm sorry, I, I meant like slavery times. But yeah, oh, I feel you. oh, oh, no, I was just I, I, mean, was, I mean like the spirituals and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was, I was thinking about it more like the overarching. Oh yeah, gotcha. Type of types of music that were on display in that particular festival right like oh yes 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 of you course. get you really get you get, i think that's what you get with like with black music is that you really get a range of emotions mm-hmm. that come out of one being descendants of slaves you know being a people that have been marginalized right and then also being a people that have you have certain sets of people who have worked to overcome things, right? So they understand struggle. Then there are people who are living the high life as well. And, you know, they, they under, they have, you know, a different understanding of life. So you really get like a range of music with, with black people. But I also, you know, to continue on like the diaspora point, like you had, like, I loved how they talked about how New York was, really unique in that you had East Harlem, you know, mm-hmm. Spanish Harlem there, but then you also had like 
people from different parts of Africa who were coming to Harlem and doing their music here, right? Like, I didn't even know that. That South African dude, like, I'd never heard of him before, you know? And so, yeah, that that documentary was really good. It was really cool. I wonder what happened to, I think that was the only thing that I wish they did was like kind of show or detail, you know, what happened to some of those groups, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or even just like the festival um, creator, like. Oh, that guy was funny. Yeah, like I would have loved to hear like, well, what happened to him? Right, right, right. Like, did he go on to do other events? Is he still living in Harlem? You know, I'm I'm assuming that he's dead now, but um just given Uh, uh, just given how yeah, just given how old he was at the time. Right. Right. And now, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, now I I really I really enjoyed that doc and it was just good to see like something really cool happening in Harlem. That's mm-hmm, not, like mm-hmm. people that I know were alive for. Right. 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 Like, yes. Yes. Like yes. I want to ask my mom, did she know anyone that went, you yeah. know? Um, she, I don't think she went, she probably would have been like, yeah, but I was there. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure there, I'm sure we know somebody who was there. Was yeah, like, yeah, of course. You know, um, but yeah. And it's just amazing, like, dope. yeah, and it's just amazing, like, it's just like, yet again, another thing that Black people did just got washed away. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it has to come out, like, a whole two to three generations later. Like, they right. when they were like, yo, this is the first time people are seeing this stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? In 52 years, this is, and everybody, all these years, we talking about Woodstock, 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 amazing, revolutionary. And it's just like, yo, we had the same thing. I'm not going to yeah. say Woodstock copied, but it's like, no, it's this, whatever the equivalent was, we had one, two, whatever, Summer of Soul, Soul Summer. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, just hearing about it now. You know what else enough. actually really stuck out to me, aside from the fact that Woodstock is obviously more well-known than uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival. The fact that it happened on the same day as the moon landing. Ah, I see. Like, well, no, wait, the whole, wasn't it um, for a month? Well, yes, it was for a month, but like one of those days was on the same day as the moon landing. And I loved how they went and got clips of how people were reacting to the moon landing versus how they were feeling about the actual festival happening right there in their hometown, right? It's like, it really makes you, it really shows you, because it, and it's ironic that we are having now another, I guess, space advancement, right? While people are struggling Mm -hmm. to just get by, right? Yeah. Like what what am I supposed to how what am I supposed to feel? And granted, I'm like, I'm like not, I don't want to say that I'm struggling because I, right now in this current moment, I have it pretty good. I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a roof over my head, I have a job, you know, I I I have health care, a lot of my needs are taken care of. Mm-hmm. 
but I honestly can't really say that we've advanced that much. Okay, we're sending billionaires who probably have just as much budget as any space program as a as a as the as NASA, right? Mm-hmm. So they have billionaires who have the same budgets as NASA, which that boggles my mind. Going to space and you have millions, billions of people starving every day with no, yeah. with no housing. And it's just like, have we really advanced that far when back in the 70s? I mean, well, I guess it was this 1969, people were saying the same thing. Yeah. We haven't really gone that far. It just lets you know how people are just going to be people forever. I mean, even going before the 60s, rich people... They do like the little charities or whatever, but they don't really care about the day-to-day struggles of the poor. No. And like they just have their own agenda for things. And I guess that's cool or whatever. But you know, I think there's a there's something about privilege that you must give back somehow. I, I don't know. Like, that's just like a thing. What well, that's how yeah, I, I feel. Yeah. I mean, there's I, there's that, right? Like people could sh- I think if you I think the fact, I think the 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 crux of it is the fact that there are individuals in this world who have so much money that they can fund their own space programs that are rivaling space programs that are funded by entire countries is and and yet in those same countries there are millions upon billions of people who don't have they're just like their bare minimum needs met, like pro- appropriate housing, not have to worry about food and being able to see a doctor, you know, like those things aren't being met. And yet we have multiple billionaires flying out to space to open up space as a travel, as part of the travel industry. Yeah. You know, I think that's the part. It's not even so much that they need to give their money up. We need to figure out what is it, what is it about the system that we're working in and that we're living in where the government is satisfied with this? Like they're okay with that, knowing that that's happening, you know? So I don't know what needs to happen. Uh, there's, I'm sure there's tons of solutions, but we seem to to not have gotten very far in what uh it's been 50 plus years since that since the Harlem yeah. cultural festival happened so well it's like you know not half that a I'm century saying, yeah i'm not gonna say like this man was a prophet or anything but it's like the dudes michael jackson said they don't care about us and it's yeah. just really sometimes you, you just got to break it down that simple like yep. some people just don't even care if you have a meal they don't care if you they just don't care if you have nowhere to live. It's all of that. They just do not care. Yeah. And sometimes we just have to remember people, that's, that's some of their base instincts. Like they don't give a shit. So, you know, Wild. that that helps me like when I'm trying to like figure people out and all that. Like, no, that's just it. It's wild to me that people don't have empathy for other people. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's like, wild. A lot of decisions I make, and you know, we all make mistakes, but a lot of decisions I make, I think about how the other person would feel if I was on the, I'm sorry, 
how I would feel mm-hmm. if it, what I was going to do is going to happen to me. And I, it helps, it helped me stop a lot of actions. Mm. Yeah. You know, that just, that just comes with time. Yeah. Yeah. Maturity. But yeah. Um, wow. We covered two, two topics in one. I like that. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen the documentary Summer of Soul, it's about the Harlem Cultural Festival that happened in 1969. It is Questlove's first uh, directed film, A Questlove John. Uh, please go watch it. It's on hulu.com and uh, talk about it amongst your friends. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? What's next? Should we do our saint and center of the week? Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. There are so many centers this week, um, <laughs> but we can only, we don't have to choose one, but <laughs> we're only going to pick one. Um, I think our center of the week should go to whatever individuals decided that killing the Haitian president was Uh, necessary. Yeah. Um, I totally understand that it is a sensitive situation and there's a lot that I will admit that I don't know. I've only listened to a handful of podcasts to kind of get an understanding of what the political situation in Haiti was at the time. Mm -hmm. However, I can never condone, I I will never condone people assassinating leaders. Like that's just just how I feel about it. Um, You know, like obviously they happen and you know, usually there's a lesson to be learned in for people who want to be leaders. You probably need to take some notes as to, well, what was it that caused this person to, to cause these people to feel that this person needed to be killed? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had heard some people were saying, that, oh, he was a dictator. Other people were saying, well, he wasn't really a dictator. He was just you know, he was trying to bring in a new way of governing in Haiti. You know, there's, I think with that, you'll never really get a consensus of of what's happening. But what I do know is that whenever leaders are assassinated in that way, and especially in in a country like Haiti, where the government itself is already kind of weak. It really does leave a lot of other people in harm's way. You know, there is a, there are definitely, there's definitely collateral damage in a situation like that. People who are most vulnerable in, in Haiti, whether it be to gangs, to kidnappings, et cetera, you know, not having proper government in place already will will exacerbate that situation so that's why i'm giving it center of the week it doesn't seem like there was much of a plan 
behind the assassination other than to just assassinate this man yeah um, you know. I, it, it's like when we see these assassinations throughout history it's like it makes me just think of the again i mean this is a pretty common topic the disregard for human life mm, yeah no matter what you may think about someone for you to just be like yeah we're gonna, gonna take them out it's just like that's such a weird concept to me like this dude had a family his wife was hurt as well mm-hmm. you know like you yeah. like and what, what are you accomplishing unless you have like a direct it's like the I mean, let's bring it home. Like the whole thing with Lincoln. Okay, someone assassinated Lincoln. What did y'all get from that? Other than his death. Yeah. You know, what happened? Actually, things continue to move on. Yeah. And you know, so it's like for this, so bringing it back to this to this situation, what are you gonna get from this other than first of all, y'all gonna be exposed and eventually probably arrested or killed, depending on the policy in Haiti. Mm-hmm. You know, but like what are you getting from it other than killing someone? So it's just, you know, people need to like think more before they just start doing these things. And I think, again, getting center of the week because you can't just kill people because you're not getting what you want. So I know it sounds really cheesy and corny, but it's like, come on. Yeah, I won't say I I, I won't say that you can't because you definitely can, but you shouldn't. <laughs> wait, can wait, can what? Well, you said um, you can't kill somebody just because you're not getting what you want. Oh, well, is, yeah, no, you, you, can, you can. You, you can. You yes. just shouldn't do it, right? Yeah. Um, you know that it's unfortunate. You know, uh, prayers for Haiti because that country has been through so much. You know, between do you do you know like a little bit of, like the history behind Haiti? like in total like the revolution and all that yeah 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 so well yeah go ahead, go ahead. So, uh, i just recently learned this i don't know if you knew this but i just recently learned that so after the revolution happened right and, like they were able to kind of kick out um napoleon bonaparte's army france basically said to them you can either pay us the amount that uh, they basically said you have to pay us for your freedom. Yeah, and it indebted them to France for like yeah. hundreds of years or however however long it was. I don't really know. That's um, why they're so poor. Yeah, and that's then, why they're so poor now. And, and I mean, obviously there was a there was a bunch of inter- there were interventions from the U.S. and then you know they had. In recent years, I should say they they had intervention from the U.S. and other countries, you know, that kind of destabilized their their government. Um, and then they had the remember there was was it an earthquake or was it a uh, I thought it was an earthquake that hit Haiti, right? Oh, in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, it's devastating. Yeah, and it just devastated the country. And apparently, at that time, their economy and everything was like kind of on the rise, like things were kind of coming back to normal or getting to a state of, I guess, normality and like balance, I'll say. Um, yeah. And that just completely rocked the country altogether. So, you know, if there was gonna yeah, be, I mean, a, if there was gonna be a Wakanda, you would have thought that Haiti would be it because they were the first yeah. independent black country post-slavery post-colonialism yeah. i guess you know yeah 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Um, I learned a lot about it because of um, remember the guy I used to play for? His name is Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a musical about the Haitian Revolution in like oh, 2017. Really? It, it was so cool. We like debuted it at Joe's Pub a few oh, years back. Nice. I haven't heard anything about it since. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I hope he got it to go uh, to a, a, a house, but mm-hmm. we just debuted it. I never heard anything from it ever again, but it was really good to wow. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Prayers up for Haiti and all the Zoes, as they call themselves. Or I think someone yeah. calls them that. The Zoes? Yeah, that's like the nickname for Haitians. Like the Zoes. Zoe Pound is like, I think, the the Miami Oh, game. I, I, you know what's funny? I heard that in um, Bad, Bad Boys, Boys 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's what, well, I won't say that. It sounds ignorant. But anyway. So yeah, so that, those are our centers of the week. Um our saint of the week. I guess we're going to give it to Meg the Stallion. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what. There's got to be something else. There's got to be something else, but I can't think of anything right now. Um, oh, well, well, Naomi did something. She released a doc. Um, She released a documentary on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but, you know, she's she's always good. She's always good. Um, She's always yeah. a good saint. <laughs> you know it's too early to be releasing documentaries on naomi osaka like it's like I, well how many years has she been out here i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it and see what, what it is what's about because she's nice um sometimes i feel like it's like when people make movies about things that literally just happened like two years ago and i'll be like did you have time to process what happened? Like, have we seen the after effects of these things? Like, yo, to be completely honest, that's how I felt about the World Trade Center movie. Yeah, I said, Y'all gotta be out of your mind. Oh, like, what's yo, wrong with y'all? What a money grab! Like, that was awful. I never yo, went it to see like, it. I saw it once in a the theater and I kind of like skimmed it the other day on YouTube, and I'm just like. It came out in 2006. I'm like, yo, this was five years ago. Right. right. Like, you have to wait like 100, not 100. Uh, let's say, like, so Titanic, 1912. This one came out in 97. But they made one like in the 50. I mean, like, that was like 40 years. Mm-hmm. But you don't do one five years after. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, like, that was just like a money grab to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you have to wait. At least I think you have to wait a generation. Yeah, you have to wait at least 10 years, at least a decade before like you start doing like doing stuff. I feel like the first, I mean, how should I say this? The first set of good movies that came out about World War II happened in like the 60s. Like the sixties and seventies is when they started getting released. I like I'm sure they had tons of movies throughout the throughout the forties and fifties, but it's just like, do they have the same impact? Like, you know, you don't even know how that you haven't really had time to really digest what's happened and what the outcomes mean for for people and stuff, you know? Like yeah. and the thing is it's people so, are still experiencing like, it. That's really what yeah. it is, you know. And it's so obvious, like, this is a money thing. 
mm-hmm. and you you just want to be the first you know whoever made the movie you just it's a money thing you just want to be the first one to make a movie about it and go after the topic but five years people are still first of all people that were there and affected by it, they're still sick from it right um they're right. still dealing with traumas from it people have lost family members five years ago and you're cashing in on a movie about mm-hmm. it it's just it's interesting i five years it should i would say maybe 20 years you know for something so close to home especially for new yorkers Right. Um, right. You know, I brought I brought up Titanic, but that was, you know, not my toning down what happened. But like that was a ship in the middle of the ocean. This is mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, not just people that died, like people were standing around literally watching that. So, they, you know, you never right. know people were still dealing with five years later. Mm-hmm. So many things. Yeah. Yeah. So many so, things. So, OK, so. We got two. We got two potential saints of the week, uh, Naomi Osaka. Well, you know what? We could give it to Naomi Osaka and uh, and Meg Thee Stallion because they're both in that in that Sports Illustrated issue. Oh, nice, nice. So there you go. Those are your saints of the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two boss ass black women. There you go. Um, well, that's all I got for this week. Yeah, I mean that was a great. I love how I love when we flow. Like, we literally didn't mean to talk about summer soul, soul mm-hmm. summer. We didn't mean to talk about the grief stuff. I no. just love when we flow. Yeah, so. and we hope you enjoyed it as well, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Another week in the books, another sermon. If you were listening, you were like, "Wow, that was such a great podcast episode." I wish I had someone else to debrief with about this sermon that was just given well you can do that just share this podcast with your friends share our socials with your friends uh find ej at lord and tailored on instagram find me at king underscore of underscore d underscore hill uh on instagram and also follow us at of saints and sinners podcast on instagram or if you're on twitter follow us at of saints center pod all right y'all be easy god bless you are dismissed peace peace